Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. We had one of our overseas games in Germany yesterday morning. As we mentioned, not exactly exporting our best product to the Germans. Patriots, Colts, Colts getting the win 10-6, and it was just an ugly one, guys. With the loss, also New England falling to 2-8, their worst 10-game start to a season since 2000. We got to go back pretty far for that one. The hits kept coming in this game. Okay, we saw the Patriots bench Mac Jones on the final drive. Bring in Bailey Zappi. Zappi throws the game-ending interception after a fake spike. It was a disaster. And here's what Zappi had to say after the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, can't say what I want to say, but, I mean, it was just we were kind of behind on time, the way we talk about you know, yards. To, we talk about one yard for every second. Um, so we're trying to get ahead of the you know, time by taking a shot. Pretty interesting comments there, guys. Talking about not getting a call, is that maybe what he's saying? Talking about being set up to fail? I don't know. A lot of questions about where the Patriots go at quarterback, and we have a special guest here to help us answer some of those. Yes, Michael Lombardi joining us now, one of our great teammates here at the DraftKings Network and Visa and the co-host of the GM Shuffle podcast. And, Michael, we appreciate your time this morning. What do you make of that line from Bailey Zappi here? I can't say exactly what I want to say right now. <laughs> You know, I don't know what to make of it. I think what you make of that game was the, the Patriots played as well as they played all year, offensively, defensively, I mean, defensively, and yet they were 0 for 4 in the red zone and they couldn't make a play. And I thought the Mac Jones interception of all the bad throws he's made this year might have been the one that was probably the worst. I mean, look, the, the reality of it is, is, is they're in a position to win a few games, particularly the last two weeks against Washington against the Colts and they can't make a play. And that's been the story of their season at quarterbacking. They haven't been able to get any kind of quarterbacking play. And I find it really almost ridiculous to think that somebody's sabotaging the quarterbacks. Like I think they want to win. I think when you get up in the morning and you go to work and you work 20 hours a week, you're trying to win. You're not trying to sabotage anyone. So it's just excuses. Look, the one thing I've learned in my career is it's not one thing why you lose. 
because that that really takes away responsibility, accountability, and discipline when it's just one thing. But the reality of this situation is the Patriots' offense, for as much fun as we made about it last year with Matt Patricia and all that, it's gotten worse. Yeah, the the sabotage thing is a ridiculous thought. I completely agree with you on that. And that Mac Jones interception by the end zone was one of the worst, I agree, seen in a long time. So if you are running the show there, who's your starting quarterback next week? I don't know if they have one. I think if if, if Zappi <laughs> would have been half decent, Mike, if Zappi would have been half decent, he probably would have played. Remember, they cut Zappi at the beginning of the year because he was not very good in the preseason. And, I mean, look, Mac holding on to his starting job is somewhat deteriorating to the team because, like, the Giants playing DeVito, when your quarterback doesn't make any plays, your team loses confidence. I think Mac's broken. I mean, he has no confidence in what he's doing, and it translates from practice to the game, and they haven't been able to get in any kind of rhythm. I mean, yesterday they ran the football really effectively, and they couldn't make a play. They couldn't make any explosive plays. Now, you can blame it on the receivers. You can blame it. I mean, C.J. Stroud's throwing the ball to guys. Noah Brown, who was on the waiver wire. Nobody knows who he's throwing to, and yet he's making plays. The quarterback drives the, this offense, and unfortunately for the Patriots, they don't have one. I don't think whoever they put out there in two weeks is probably not going to be good enough. So, so whether, shuffling deck – yeah. Go ahead, Dad. I was going to say, I was going to say whether by draft – or by free agency next year, is there a new starting quarterback behind center no matter what? From my viewpoint, there has to be. Now, I think that has to be something that's discussed internally because I'm sure they're sitting there from the owner on down saying, look, Mac Jones played really good as a, as a rookie. Where it ha- what happened to Mac Jones? Like This, is, this kind of way he's played is, is a reverse trend of what we typically see with players. Is some players start slow and build, but rarely do they start fast and go as bad as this is. So I think there's going to have to be some. Last year, it was all Matt Patricia's fault. That You know, we had to get a better offensive coordinator. We had to get a better coach. And, you know, they hired Bill O'Brien. They hired Adrian Clem, the offensive line, to fix those things. And that hasn't really worked out. And I'm not blaming Billy. I think Billy's as frustrated. Billy O'Brien, I'm talking about, he's as frustrated as anybody. You can see his emotion. And you can see his South Boston temper on that sideline you know i mean he's staring there looking at the sheet saying why don't you throw the ball here this is what we practiced (laughs) all week so you mentioned the frustration for one bill there for bill belichick dad talks about the quarterback decision is bill the one making that come next year we've heard a lot of people the buzzard circling for bill belichick and his tenure in new england whether by their decision or his michael do you think he's still the one making these calls next year for them Well, I I mean, I think that's the fundamental question, right? I think that's what Robert Kraft has to answer. You know, I listened to his interview yesterday on NFL Network with Rich Eisen, and he didn't really give any indication of what he was intending to do. He was talking about the game specifically, how important the game was and how he's never been in this situation before. I think he's got to ask himself the question, do I want to build, do I want this man to continue to help me build a program, somebody who helped win six Super Bowls, or do I think it's time for a reboot, time for a change? I think only time will tell on that. I think that only Mr. Kraft has the answer. For me, it's not a really a hard question. Yeah, I, I you know, it's hard. Here's what people don't I, I think the Patriots don't have a bad team. They just don't have a quarterback. And I think a lot of teams in the league look worse than they really are. The Jets last night, some of these other teams when you don't have a quarterback. Buffalo looks better than they actually are because they have one. 
is so with it with with that with that in mind michael i i did want to follow up on one thing because i've seen a lot of other people talking too about the patriot way and this idea and that moniker in the building and a lot of people looking at the situation now and saying well was there really a patriot way or was this just tom brady being a great quarterback <laughs> and lifting this franchise for so long i see you chuckle already so what's your thought yeah, on that i mean i think that's the laziest narrative i've ever heard you guys played team sports right especially football. I mean, has there ever been one player that's carried a team? I mean, how's Sean McVay doing without Matt Stafford? How's that working out for him, right? I mean, come on. It's absurd. The first Super Bowl they won, Brady threw for 134 yards. They ran for 133. They stopped the greatest show on turf with their defensive players. The last Super Bowl they won, they held the Rams, which was a great offense, to three points. I mean, look, the Patriot way is about team. It's about I'm going to do what's best for the team as opposed to what's best for me. That's what the Patriot way is. To me, that's timeless. That's not going to go out of style. That's how you build championship teams. It's what the 49ers are doing. They just capsulated it into the Patriot way. And so to me, this has never been a one-man operation. Look, if it, if it was about one player, how come Peyton Manning doesn't have 10 Super Bowls? Was there a better quarterback than Peyton Manning in the last 20 years? Like, why does he have one with the Colts? How about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers? They have two together in their lifespan in Green Bay. But it's always about just one player. I mean, it's such a lazy narrative. It really is. It's just kind of a, a ridiculous. Look, I'm happy that Brady was there. I won two Super Bowls with Brady. I love Tom Brady. But it was also a lot of other things that made us win. It was everybody working to a collective agreement to make this team so good. So they they don't have a quarterback. And so now it's Belichick's record without Brady. I mean, that's all people do. But nobody wants to – what's Mike Tomlin's – I mean, Mike Tomlin's been winning, but has he won a Super Bowl? When's the last time he been to a Super Bowl without Big Ben? I mean, so it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think it gets talked about, but nobody puts any substance behind it. Even when Brady won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, that defense helped lead it, especially through the playoffs. They never would have got there without that defense. So I, I completely agree with you. So Bill runs the entire show, basically, obviously coaching and, and so much in, into personnel and stuff as that as well. Is it possible that if he does come back that he has less power on that side, or is it you take all of Bill or none of Bill? I think Bill has always been a really good listener. Now, it depends on who's feeding him the information, right? I mean, if, if it's somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about, I don't think he's going to listen to them. I, I think Bill's always been about team, about what's do, do what's right for the team as opposed to what's right for himself. And I think if that, if that, I think he's a good listener. And if they brought somebody in that he thought would really help the team, I'm sure he would want to do that. I don't think that's against him. He's not about he's not about power he's about culture like i've got to be able to run the team the way i need to run the team handle the players the way i need to handle the players without interference but i think to me you know that's never been an issue he listens to people it just has to be the right type of person that's given them that whether it's matt grow elliot wolf who are there i think he's very collaborative when it comes to player personnel the vision of the team the vision of the team has to be set in the nfl by the head coach it never, we're not baseball. It can't be by the GM because the GMs, you know, they're not coaching. If the players think they don't work for the, the head coach, it becomes very hard. 
so if we're going to take team culture, I want to uh, you know, put a pin in the Patriots for right now. They've obviously, like you said, got a lot of tough decisions that are going to get made with maybe not a clear answer during the course of this season. I think the big story coming off of this weekend is going to be the Houston Texans, is going to be C.J. Stroud, is going to be that team getting the marquee win for their early tenure for D'Amico Ryans right now. Michael, as you look at this team and this organization, how have they been able to so successfully put this together with all the things that you just mentioned being the complicated formula for team building well i mean they went through two one-year coaches so they went through a lot of changes and for the first time they hired a guy and they gave him a six-year contract and they said you're staying and then D'Amico, D'Amico did a really good job of putting together a staff i think they've done a great job developing cj stroud yesterday they moved the ball up and down the field look the Bengals have been off defensively. I, I, I think this is a little bit misconstrued. The Bengals haven't been a great defense all year, especially Hubbard out yesterday. Hendrickson gets hurt. But what they were able to do all year is turn the ball over. They were number one in the league in interceptions. Yesterday, Stroud was dynamic, and he came back and made all the throws he needed to make. He threw an interception, which which could have been a pick six. But to me, I think that this is a real – when you get that quarterback, right, as John Madden famously said, a great quarterback is a, is a deodorant for all that ails your team. And I think we're seeing that with Stroud. He covers up the sins of the, of the Texans, and he does it in a way. I mean, would you have guessed that the, Devin Singletary was going to carry the ball 30 times yesterday for 150 yards? I mean, that's really remarkable, And considering how many injuries they had going into the game. Considering the game I called last night, the Raiders get two wins now with Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach. Considering how that team looked before that, how well and long can you sustain on, yes, our meetings are shorter, practices are better, we have better attitudes, but you still have the same talent on the field. How long can that carry you? Until you see the next good quarterback. I mean, let's face it, they beat Tommy DeVito and they beat Zach Wilson. You know, now they got to go down to Miami and play Tua. All those, you know, everybody's happy. Once you go against a good team, usually the happiness ends. I mean, look, the Raiders have done a great job. They got Josh Jacobs going last night against the Jet, a Jets front that they knew they were going to run the football on. And they made critical plays at the critical time. I mean, Spillane's interception on, for Zach Wilson, they did a great job in the red zone. They never were able to buckle. They were able to get the plays that they needed. The Jets had a lot of unforced errors in terms of false starts and penalties like that, which kicked them away from having an opportunity. But I think when you run against a good quarterback, uh, that becomes harder. Your talent shows up. But take nothing away from what uh, what Antonio has done the last two games. I mean, they're playing with a high level of energy. They're playing really good complementary football. It's been really impressive to watch. There's no doubt a totally different vibe around that building right now that Dad got to see up close and personal last night. Uh, Everyone, please make sure you check out the GM Shuffle. It's awesome. Uh, Michael Lombardi always giving out really important, helpful information. Michael, we appreciate you giving us some time this morning. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Dad, um, switching gears here a little bit because there's so much going on in the nfl we got our all weekend team coming up here in a little Mm -hmm. bit where we'll get to the top performers overall from the weekend we'll take a look ahead to monday night football but um i wanted to get to a little more on the college front here coming off that we spent so much time talking about tom brady a michigan man here 
I, I wanted to go back if we had some time to his alma mater from this weekend because while we saw so much emotion from everything that happened in the NFL, the cigars in the locker room after the fact, a lot of the dancing that we've played, I don't know if there's going to be a more viral clip than what we saw from Michigan interim head football coach Sharon Moore after the Wolverines win in Happy Valley against Penn State. It was their first big test of the season. It was the most important game thus far on their schedule. And they passed in the middle of all the controversy around the team. The sign stealing scandal that ended with Jim Harbaugh being suspended basically right before this game. I mean, we are getting people on Saturday documenting the bus ride over to the stadium and if Jim Harbaugh is or isn't on the bus. And it ended with Sharon Moore, who's their offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, taking over the interim tag. He was one of the guys that did it for the Harbaugh self-imposed suspension earlier in the season. And after the win, this was the scene from Sharon Moore talking uh, to the post game reporter. Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. Fucking love you, man. Love you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These, these guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Thank you, Coach. Wow. That was, uh, first off, welcome to the all-meme team. Coach Moore is a great guy. I've gotten a chance yep. to know him. And a guy who's probably going to be a head coach in his own right. It was, I think, for a lot of people, surprising to see because we've all digested this story and we've gotten to laugh about it, Dad. They've spent the last two weeks having to prepare in some really, really adverse circumstances for the guys in that team, for the people in that locker room. And I do think they deserve a ton of credit for going out and being able to get a win on the road at a place like Happy Valley with all that as the backdrop. And part of me can understand where the emotion comes from because of that kudos to these players i mean these are these are college players right who have just put an unbelievable what what you don't want is a great team to have a chip on their shoulder and a reason and michigan does i mean they are so in the we're going to show all of you crowd uh that that it is amazing what they're doing so much so this game featured the number one and number two defenses in the country. And just like I, I said last week, it also in the NFL, you had the number one and number two defense face each other in Cleveland and Baltimore. But also, Penn State led the nation giving up 60 yards a game running the ball. Michigan ran the ball 46 times for 227 yards. They said, we don't care that you're number one in this. We are going to smash mouth football right down your throat and that's what, what did they end on 32 consecutive runs some ridiculous number yeah maybe of 32. what they did to this team to just show and these players are reveling in it these players are carrying this chip these players as weird as weird as as when we were saying the first three games when Harbaugh was missing that you know some easy teams they were playing free Jim Harbaugh the players were, were in it we were kind of chuckling at it but you know what these players are getting motivated by this. The NCAA and the Big Ten commissioner, they are motivating these Michigan players all the way to the possibility of a national championship. Yeah, and, and I would separate the players too because with the coaching staff, like yes, while the reaction from everybody involved this seemed like Jim Harbaugh's been dead during this, which we know is not the case, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to separate the coaching staff and the players because – we know in the ruling from the Big Ten and uh, Tony Petiti, who was part of the reason Jim Harbaugh was, was not part of the reason Jim Harbaugh was suspended, they mentioned that 
they didn't believe that Jim Harbaugh explicitly knew about the situation. That was always kind of the crux of this. But we know for sure the players were not involved in anything right, relative to right. sign stealing, and yet they've had to deal with all of this and hear about it for the last couple of weeks. So they deserve a ton of credit for the mental toughness displayed there. Dan, as far as what we saw on the field, I don't know how much better or worse this made you feel about Michigan overall on the top end because – there was nothing different about this performance. What we saw, quite no. honestly, was in a year where Michigan had been more of a passing team leading up to this, right. they were still able to flex back into that old way. They're putting seven offensive linemen on the field. They're wearing them out on their ground game. They're almost exclusively in a game where they never really had to fear Penn State's offense doing anything so much so that Penn State's fired their offensive coordinator in the wake of this game. This felt like Michigan reminding us they could still do the old thing, and they did it to protect some of the deficiencies on their roster from this really athletic Penn State D-line. This was kind of your father's football game, right? This was kind of the old three yards in a cloud of dust we talk about with the Big Ten. They beat you up. They don't just beat you, they beat you up. And that's what they do. At times it's not pretty, but they do it. And as you said, we're starting to see the firings. Jimbo fired Grinch, Alex Grinch, the D coordinator at USC, fired Mike Yursich now, the O coordinator who... Both times, the two big games Penn State has had, Ohio State and Michigan, they failed to produce, I think, over 240 yards of offense. Uh, so, uh, but Michigan is Michigan is on their way. I, I don't see anybody stopping them until you get to the championship game. Yeah, Michigan confirmed what I believed all along is that their floor is still largely in the same place because of how they're built along the lines of scrimmage. There were critical moments where I thought they might have still been able to put the ball in J.J. McCarthy's hand in a big game in a way that they didn't. And that makes me wonder going forward about have all the beat Georgia periods, have all the focus on their ceiling gotten them to a place that's beyond where they've been. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golak. Week 10 of the NFL season concludes with Bills and Broncos. Guys, Bills have lost three of their last five, currently out of the AFC playoff picture, but... With a win here, they can get back in thanks to the Bengals losing yesterday. So some implications here for this game. Let's take a look here at Josh Allen, okay? Home and road splits is what you're looking at, Dr. Allen and Mr. Hyde. I don't think we spell it H-I-D-E. I I think it's H-Y-D-E, but we'll let that go. Uh, Guys, Allen's been much better at home than on the road this season. So what do we think? Do we expect him to bounce back tonight against this Denver defense that ranks last in the league in yards allowed? Yeah, but dead overall for this Denver team, I think we've seen after that embarrassment at the hands. And I I did this for 
the Miami Dolphins where I said, I wonder if you just made that game a normal blowout between Denver and the Dolphins. Right. How right, we yeah. perceive both teams. Because for Miami on one side, it elevated the discussion of their offense to a place that hasn't been sustainable. And when they've played teams like the Eagles and Bills, life got a little bit different for them. And when they had injuries along the offensive line, we sort of ignored them and said, well, you're the greatest show on turf. You're supposed to be able to overcome this when that's not reality. That's not how any of this stuff works. And I feel like for the Broncos on the other side, they were a very bad football team to start the season. I don't want to make it sound like it's anything different, but when you give up 70 points like that, we start flirting with, are you one of the worst teams and worst rosters of all time? And in recent weeks, as Javante Williams has gotten going in that backfield, as the defense has steadied some, you've seen a team that's still not going to be overall a playoff team, especially not contending in the AFC West, but... They were able to go out there and get the win against the Chiefs and at least show that they can be respectable under Sean Payton this year. So I think with that in mind, it's a little bit more of a challenge for a Buffalo team coming in that's just so beat up in so many areas and hasn't seemed to be able to pull themselves together, losing a lot of injuries, especially down the spine of that defense. I agree. You win a couple in a row, you start to play with more confidence, right? And that defense, while all factual they're the worst in the league giving up 405 yards a game 31st in points surrendered over 28 points a game so that's there they live with that but it's also a what have you done for me lately 19 17 and nine points their last three games that's what the defense gave up so they're playing better and still with buffalo they can be a bit of an enigma to me on which team you're going to get so you have a team in Denver that's starting to build some confidence. Sean Payton is going to be there. It's going to be his way. He's going to continue to get his guys around it. So can they start to turn the wheel a little more in their favor? And while they're I, they're not going to make the postseason, I don't believe, or anything like that, but can they start to be that team, that tough out, right? That where you see them on the schedule, you're not like, oh, this should be an easy game for us, but whoa, they're, they're playing some better ball right now, so we can't let this one slip away. I wonder if they're starting to become that team as they're building confidence. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the best that you can hope for at this point as yeah. if you're Sean Payton, you, know, you came out with a lot of fire and brimstone before the season. You made waves rubbing the Jets the wrong way with all the Nathaniel Hackett slander. And in the midst of that, I will always go back to, this is a guy that said, we expect to be a playoff team this season. And obviously you had to wave bye-bye to that. But, Dad, it is the chance still to set the foundation for what's to come. And I think so often now in the world of football, college or pro, we don't really think about that, this idea that you're allowed to not have immediate results when you come in somewhere, especially with a quarterback with this name and price tag and a coach like that. But maybe that's what the Broncos are going to manage to pull off. For the Bills on the other side, Dad, does it make you feel any different that apparently Latavius Murray called an offensive players only meeting to remind the team how much ro- talent there is on the roster in Buffalo. Does that make you a little more worried for the Denver Broncos now going into this game? Yeah, a team that's 5-4 and four and coming off the loss to Cincinnati calling team meetings. Like, I think they all believe that they're underachieving right now, right? They're sitting there second in that division, a loss behind the Dolphins, but they feel like they should be better than they are. They feel like they should have that Chiefs record or that or that Eagles record, two loss or one loss. They feel they're that good of a team, and at times they are. But that's been their issue, showing some inconsistency. So, yeah, I think you have a team that, that is kind of a little bit, who are we? You know, we're, we're, we know we're better than this, and yet we're not showing it on the field. So 
that's when you start to get that vibe on the sideline. If things aren't going your way, you start to look around and say, oh, you know, how is this happening to us? We're a better football team than this, yet it's not showing up on the field. And I think that's confounding a lot of players on that team. Yeah, I'd imagine it's got to be frustrating. And you talk about who are they, Dad, right? When we look at this Bills team, what have the issues been on offense? You're always seeming to be inconsistent trying to find a clear number two outside of Stephon Diggs, right? Every once in a while, you'll get a good Gabe Davis game, and all of a sudden, it'll flip everything on its head. You've been banged up at tight end. Dalton Kincaid's been stepping in admirably. His role in that offense as your first-round pick has moved further and further along. But the running game is still something that you cannot consistently count on with this team. I know Latavius Murray apart of that and the voice speaking up but a lot of that goes back to dad I think everyone looking at Ken Dorsey and their willingness to use or in this case not use Josh Allen as a part consistently of that run game you look at their last couple of games and it felt like Josh at the end was almost frustrated looking to scramble just to involve himself in that ground game some because in the designed rushing game they really seem content to try and not use him in the ways that we've seen dad right wrong or indifferent long-term viability be damned this bill's offense is at its best when josh allen is someone they involve early as a real run threat as a part of the actual design run game whether that's a draw or otherwise i, I think they've got to get back to that and maybe part of that come to jesus meeting is hey listen we understand you guys got a lot of money invested in josh allen we want this to all work in the long term too, but in the short term, this guy as a tractor trailer running in the open field is one of our best chances to start to establish some success there. I have said from the beginning, whether it's him, whether it's Lamar Jackson, now that offense is certainly working better with Todd Munkin, even though they lost, they put up over 30, though the defense certainly helping with the scoring uh, there as well with, with a pick six, so they put up, what, 24 or so in that game, is for those teams to win those quarterbacks at the end of the day are going to have to do what they do and that's run that can't change and I know as you just said they talk about protecting so you can play longer but if you get where you want to go and for both these teams it is the Super Bowl it is winning the Super Bowl that's what they're building it for they have to be big parts with their legs and I agree about that Josh Allen I still go back to the second year when the first year is running the second year they tried to back him off of that uh, to protect them and it wasn't working he got back to running and that it started helping the team because they need that because from the passing standpoint, here's your interception leaders. Jordan Love, Mac Jones, who may be benched, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's already been benched, then Josh Allen. They ten interceptions and then Jimmy and Josh have nine. Now Patrick Mahomes has eight, so he's throwing some interceptions uh, as well. But Josh turns the ball, he throws some bad interceptions. But I am with you. They he needs to use his legs to help that team and bail them out at times. And uh, again, I understand you look at the last few games, eight carries against the Bengals, seven carries against the Bucks, seven carries against the Patriots, but so many of those felt like anecdotally, and I'm sure we could go back and corroborate this, it's late in the game. It's Josh having to make those decisions under duress instead of going in and deciding this is how we're going to live. And Dad, some of the things aren't going to get worked out, right? You're not going to get the players back on defense down the middle that you lost at all three levels. Right. You're going to hope that Von Miller is able to net you more and more as you go along here. But offensively, 
you've got to be able to carry the load. We just talked to Michael Lombardi about how they're one of the teams that's playing outside of their roster strength because Josh Allen is so good, and that's going to have to keep up because after this game, you've got that Jets defense that they'll be going against, and then after that, it's Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys in a three-game stretch that's probably going to go a long way in deciding their season, and if Josh Allen, if you haven't pushed all your chips into the center of the table on that particular player, I think you're going to have a bad time against those other spots because your roster's just been so beat. Boy, we, we talk about that division and what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. Now, Aaron Rodgers, four plays in, changed that for the Jets. New England is gone. The Jets, I don't think anybody has any faith that they're going to be able to make a run. And you have Miami, who hasn't beaten a winning team. And now Buffalo, who was having team meetings with a winning record. So that, that division has really kind of become more on shaky ground than anything else. Who, who, which of those two teams, Miami or Buffalo, at some point can take control of that division? Yeah, you mentioned that frustration. I mean, we talk about it's all about where expectations are. Texas A&M fired Jimbo Fisher because money's not real and because their expectations based on their talent were at a different place than their results. For the Buffalo Bills, they expect to win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen in this roster, and so far they have fallen short of that goal. back to Gojo and Golik. It's Monday, so of course we need the guys to do their all-weekend team recap. Fellas, honorable mention, second team, first team, who makes the illustrious list? Yeah, it was a stacked weekend, Dad. A lot that went on here, Jesse. So let's get to uh, our honorable mention members of the all-weekend team coming up here. I got to start off with one near and dear to my heart. While the game was every bit as sloppy as we expected here, the Dallas Cowboys plucked the wings off the New York Giants, led by Tommy DeVito. But I got to give it up for Tommy DeVito, who made it clear last week and announced to everybody as he was starting to get introduced to the nation that when he signed with the Giants, the 25-year-old made the no-brainer in his mind decision to move back home with his parents who live about nine miles away from the Giants facility and MetLife he said it's great I got chicken cord on blue when I come home my laundry gets done dad this is a kid that's wise beyond his years at 25 understanding that if you've got the opportunity to have all that stuff taken care of so you can keep the main thing the main thing you take that and you enjoy mom helping you out Boom. It's a great flex, without question. Think of the money you're saving as well, not paying rent unless his parents are charging rent, which I doubt they are. Uh, but eating good meals every day. I remember, I remember my rookie year eating like pizza and, and ho-hos, you know, for dinner when I was living by myself Pro in athlete. Houston. So, oh, yeah, it's exactly right. I was, I was feeding the machine back then. Uh, so, yeah, good for him. My, my uh, honorable mention, I'm going – to the North Carolina State women's basketball team knocking off UConn uh, in regular season play, knocked them off 92-81 in this game. Sunday's game, it was the first top five win for North Carolina State as an unranked team since December of 2016, and it marked the most points allowed by UConn in a game ending in regulation since 2001. So kudos to North Carolina State, unranked at this point. UConn had won the last six meetings between the two teams, and they come up with a big, big game. Uh, and and the, one of the reasons they out-rebounded UConn 41-19, to which started to make Gino Oriema, who was already a fiery coach, basically yeah. lose his mind about saying rebounding is nothing more than hard work. And, we've got, and then a bunch of expletives 
about his his kids not working hard to get rebounds. So you want to get under his skin, do something that involves hard work and fail at it and watch him go off. Boy, it's just a reminder to uh, UConn back in the chat here as we've talked about all the star power in women's college basketball and focus so much on LSU and Caitlin Clark and Iowa. Oh, by the way, Paige Beckers, who was really, I, I mean, going back yeah, a few years yeah. ago, the star name in women's yep. college basketball, now back after injury last year. So a uh, tough start to the season for the Huskies. All weekend team, second team, Dad. I'm going to go Daniil Hunter on the defensive side of the ball. Daniil Hunter having a sensational season with Vikings defense big changes here with Brian Flores taking over already notched his 11th sack which dad I saw Ben Gosling of the Minnesota uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune point out that that already now at this point in the season triggers a one million dollar incentive bonus in his contract usually we're waiting until week 17 week 18 now at the end of the year when guys are chasing these Daniil Hunter gets to kick his feet up and enjoy the rest of the season with a fresh batch of seven figures already in his pocket good on him have an incredible year no doubt an all pro pro bowl caliber year but uh also doing it now a little bit more wealthy Dude is buying. That's all I got to say. When they're heading out for Thursday night club or something, if, team, if the players still all do that on Thursday night's always been the night. Man, I tell you what, I ain't reaching in my pocket if I'm with him. I'll have the alligator arms. He can go ahead and buy everything with that. What? And, and it's so cool because teammates are so happy for other teammates yes. when you pull off those incentives because that's a way for the team to kind of hold on to money. And here you're taking the money from them getting that. So very cool. I was going to say, usually we get those stories at the end of the year where guys on the sideline are all gassing their dude up trying to make sure if they've got an ability to help a guy get to a bonus number, they do. And so kudos to Daniil. He doesn't have to sweat this out this year. Mike, I'll take the next two here, the second team and first team, so I can leave you your time because I know where you're going. My second team is going to be – my second team is going to be Kyler Murray. You know, I wasn't sure what this was going to be like. And listen, so they beat Atlanta. It's his first game in 335 days since he tore his ACL against New England last year. 19-32, 249, no touchdowns, one interception. Wasn't the greatest. But again, watching him get out of trouble in the pocket, things that won't show up in the box score, on that knee, that repaired knee, seeing him run around and create plays was good to see again. I don't know if he's going to be the quarterback there next year, how it's going to fit into that offense, but watching him coming off a knee lead and help lead his team to victory was a cool thing. I'll get him kudos for that. And my first teamer is going to be Tyrese Maxey from the Philadelphia 76ers. The man a lot on his shoulders because James Harden is not there. They pull off a win over Indiana. He scores a career-high 50 points. He's averaging 28 points a game for a 8-1 and 76ers team. So, And everybody loves this guy. All you hear is what a great guy he is. And he is, man, taking the, uh, the opportunity now and playing. He's been playing really well, but really up in that level to a career-high 50 points. So he's my first teamer. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey's been the one sort of every team kind of has that one player that the fan base looks at as untouchable, really the organization. And every time trade discussions have come up around the 76ers, Tyrese Maxey appears to be the guy that they are never going to be willing to part with. And he's repaying that faith in him by going out there and balling outrageous. So going to be an important contributing member of that team. There is no doubt. Congratulations to Tyrese Maxey. Go ahead. Man, the first team, this is an easy one. We mentioned 
In the NFL this weekend, our top four, really top six, when we did that mock playoff exercise with Jason Fitz last week, which we'll do again this week, got absolutely shredded. The only two teams in the top four that managed to stay in the top four were the Philadelphia Eagles, who we had at one, and the Kansas City Chiefs at three because they were both on a bye this week. And so with that, how do you win the weekend? How do you first team all weekend team when you're on a bye? Dad, if you're Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, you do it by setting the internet on fire at a concert in Argentina. Travis Kelsey flying down on the bye to go see his baby perform in a show where we got so much content. I saw someone, I think it was Sam Monson over at Pro Football Focus, say we basically got all 22 camera footage of every interaction between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey this weekend. Dad, you can start it off. To end the concert on this tour, Taylor Swift has finished with a song called Karma. And in that song is a line where Taylor says, Karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me. Most people assume a nod to her former actor boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. Remix those lyrics on the fly at the concert this weekend as Travis Kelsey is standing with her dad in the crowd to say to the world, Karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. We had wholesome reaction footage of Travis next to dad, who, by the way, Taylor's dad wearing the Chiefs lanyard, father and future son-in-law potentially having a great time bonding there. Travis is stunned. He's loving it. He's taking it all in. And then we get the shot of the two of them after Taylor running over to Travis Kelsey, exchanging a kiss there. I feel like, Dad, for a lot of people, and you might be the perfect test for this because I feel like at the beginning, oh, there were doubters. There were haters and doubters everywhere that didn't want to believe that this love was real. And now, seeing a moment like this, Dad, I feel like for so many people, my phone was melting this weekend with people hitting me up saying, I can't get enough of this content. I can't stop smiling. They seem so really happy. We very rarely get Taylor Swift being this public with any of her relationships. And now we're seeing her so comfortable in this moment with her big burly football player boyfriend. Dad, did this change the feeling for you at all? Because I think this, if we're going to start to map out the timeline, I'm going to put a pin in this moment as the one that I think changed minds and hearts for a lot of people that softened the idea that this is real and spectacular. Well, I, I think it goes back to what Charlotte said on, on uh, you know Wilder Wednesday. She's never used to having the thick neck over the thin neck, right? And this is a new world for her, and she's digging it. She's like, wait, this is a this is a real dude. I can wear high heels around him and still look up to him a little bit. How cool is this? This is this is a man, <laughs> you know. And I think she's digging it. Um, so, I, Mike, come on. I have no idea where this goes. It's it's new in the relationship. They're having a ball. I am ecstatic for him. I'm happy for him. Pretty wild to sit there. That was a that was a good makeout kiss, kind of right in front of her dad too. You know, is there is there any you know on Travis Kelsey's parts? Wait, yeah, how much you want to make out here in front of your dad? Is this a little uncomfortable? There is, there is one particular song in that set and a performance that involves a very provocative chair dance that I have to imagine Taylor Swift's dad hopefully had his bathroom break timed out for because that's <laughs> the one you want to be sitting next to Travis for. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, 
Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., and Jesse Cofield here. Uh, we are going to send you guys off the way we always do, this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to get you to the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Catch us live here, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on DraftKingsNetwork.com, the DraftKings YouTube channel, and all the other fun places you can see us. But on the off chance you have to miss any of that, you can always check out us and any of our great guests. Michael Lombardi joined us from the GM Shuffle today to talk about the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, sad pretzels in Germany. You can catch that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those fun places, or right here on YouTube right when we get done with the show each and every day. Uh, guys, let's get to this, that, and the third and start off with this. LeBron James and Kevin Durant got to play against each other over the weekend. There was a lot of talk about the back and forth between these two athletes. And Kevin Durant, as he's one to do, goes on the internet to respond to a lot of people and talked about this notion of athletes being friends or not. And Kevin Durant said at some point, y'all non-athletes are going to realize that friends compete harder against one another. To which LeBron James responded with a palms up emoji with Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley in one picture together. Uh, guys, how should Kevin Durant take that insinuation or comparison between Michael Jordan, who clearly in this picture, if we're going to deal it out, LeBron James sees himself as Michael Jordan to the Kevin Durant, Charles Barkley, who outside of the Suns jersey on him right now. Dad, I don't know if that's a comparison that KD would necessarily enjoy. Yeah, probably wouldn't. Who knows trying to read into things right now. But we know it's different, right? That that players had kind of a, a hate for one another. But you can do it within the confines of the game. It doesn't mean you have to do it off the court or off the field. It's kind of the way I was raised for the 60 minutes. You, you really dislike the person you're playing with, even though you're friends with them. And so I... I and it's just different today because guys have the same agent, guys have the same marketing people, guys are together in the off-seasons now. But I, I, you're right, I'm not sure how Kevin Durant would take this one. Well, and also, you've got now a very well-known fact that these guys don't talk anymore. Like, it's been very well documented right. that Michael Jordan yes. and Charles Barkley had a massive falling out. Charles Barkley has talked publicly about his desire to put that behind them at some point, if it's possible. So, Jesse, I wonder if Kevin Durant's waking up like, should I read into that at all either? Are we cool? 100% he is. You know he's overthinking this. You know he's got oh, the, like, the it's always sunny, like, board behind him with all the lines and the arrows and stuff, and he's trying to figure out, like, what this means you know he's freaking out well, 
I feel like well, we all stress about that, right? The minute one person texts you a little bit different than normal or falls out of their normal cadence well, of your relationship, you start racking your brain like, was there something I did the last time we were together? Did I say well, something that could have offended him, Dad? Plus, plus, Kevin Durant has always been a little, you know... Notorious been, overthinker. Well, yeah, well without question, a little bit sensitive. Rabbit ears had the, had the burner. So, yeah, I could see things getting him. And real quickly, for those that don't know, the Barkley-Michael Jordan fallout, that was when Jordan became a part owner of Charlotte and Barkley criticized him as an owner, not as a basketball player, but as an owner saying, yet he wasn't doing a very good job. And Michael Jordan basically, you know, shut him out of his life after that. And the two have, have not been friends since. Uh, but yeah, when, when you get a guy, an overthinker like Kevin Durant, you, you wonder what's going through his mind. Not anything Sending good. Yeah, no, cryptic social media, though. Kevin Durant's love language, so LeBron at least beating him where he often is. Jesse, let's get to that. We've talked a lot about college football today, monster buyouts in Texas A&M, more coaches getting fired. Zach Arnett at Mississippi State got fired, so now both the coaches that I saw yeah. this past weekend in the game that got played no longer have their current jobs, which is as peak college football as you can imagine, but we might not have a more insane headline than the one coming out of Arkansas after this weekend. Yeah, Arkansas got an absolute beatdown from Auburn over the weekend. 48-10, the final in that one. First half did not go well. They're in the midst of a blowout here. So what's happening in the Arkansas locker room at halftime? They're watching the Polar Express. That's right, the Polar Express. And this, I mean... There were some deep dives, capital J journalism. This happened during that game. Like, it's been confirmed. But I will say a representative did later confirm the video took place in the red shirt locker room. Yeah, so they said it was like an auxiliary locker room, dad, off to the side where a lot of the red shirt players, and for anyone unfamiliar, a lot of times when you are red shirting, you won't travel to the team hotel for right. home games. Right. You're not even getting dressed. I mean, it used to be for us at Notre Dame, you wouldn't go down and hit the play like a champion sign if you were one of the red shirt guys. You would go out of the main tunnel in a different way. So there are some teams that will delineate that along those lines. But, Dad, I've never even seen the TVs in a locker room work a lot of the times, let alone have this. And you're right, Jesse, someone went and checked this over at SI with ChristmasTVSchedule.com to find out that the Polar Express was actually playing on television on TBS during the time that that halftime would have been going on. Confirmed. So they, confirmed. Just, so they just had the TV on a channel in the locker room? I mean, I've, I've never seen that. And I know what you're talking about in the auxiliary locker rooms, but I've never seen a TV on unless it was on a specific picture or something that coaches wanted you to see, not just on some arbitrary channel that's showing the movie so that's pretty wild and players were watching it <laughs> yeah they were locked I, I, in are you kidding me they were like hanging <laughs> on to every word going down which is just not a good look in the middle of a blot i get it they're like no. red shirt guys but it's yeah, still yeah, like a yeah. culture thing right well, yeah, and like, I guess that's the thing is everything's going to feel bad right now because Arkansas season's not going the way they want to. I wonder if it would be different if it was a different movie. Like, if they were in there watching Rocky or 300, would the reaction be different if it was something that was seen as maybe firing up the guys a little bit? Yes, it would be, but they were watching the Polar would for Express. Me. Yeah. It absolutely would for me, yeah. If I'm seeing Russell Crowe cutting down some other you know people in the gladiator ring, I'd be all, all good with that. Yeah, but the Polar Express, nothing about that is going to... 
Mm-mm. Well, I mean, it's timely, up. though, and it's a good reminder that mm-hmm. though we are just in the beginning of November right now, we're on November 13th, it's not too early to start listening to Christmas music, and they're already playing Christmas shows on TV because, spoiler alert, there ain't Thanksgiving culture. It all goes back to the agenda nope. for me to further the idea of advancing Christmas well beyond right. the bounds that most normal people want to take it. Absolutely. Right before I, right before I left for the trip out here to Vegas, brought the Christmas trees in the house to set them up. And I don't want to hear a damn word from anybody. It's our house. We do what the hell we want with our house. We will put up Christmas decorations. We will listen to Christmas music now. And we will be laughing and smiling and enjoying ourselves. And isn't that what it's all about? I'm happy just hearing about that. I had hot chocolate with whipped cream the other night because I was just like in the Christmas spirit. Why not? So good. And you know what? Maybe that's what these guys needed. The more I think about it, maybe they needed a little bit of Christmas cheer to lift them up in the midst of what's been a rough go. So uh, we'll wait and see if any more movie locker room experiences, what showing they maybe have next week. I don't know. But Jesse, let's get to the third because all great things must come to an end. And this weekend in the NFL, we saw one of the premier streaks die on this season. Yeah, the 49ers tried to extend Christian McCaffrey's streak. He couldn't get in the end zone on Sunday. His touchdown streak came to an end. And he was pretty funny post-game uh, when everybody was asking him about it. Uh, yeah, I suck. Everyone else on the team scored. <laughs> Except for me. No, I, that you know means a lot to me for them to keep me in at the end of the game there and try to give me that record but hey I'll take I'll take a huge win yeah guys I thought that part was cool that is cool he had five chances on the 49ers final possession but they they were trying they were really trying I, but he didn't get it and I and I have zero problem with them trying as Shanahan said 18 games in a row is a big record so if we had a chance to do it I was going to try and do it for him it's a little nerve-wracking the last thing I wanted to do is get him hurt I wish we could have done it for him I think it's a pretty big accomplishment because he's tied at 17, right? He's tied with the record. Yeah, so this he would tie- have broken he's tied it. the record, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was all plays right in a row, right in the goal line that the other – obviously, Jacksonville knew it was coming, and they stopped him every single time. And also, I will say Kyle Shanahan said that he, like, was talking about it with Doug Peterson, and Doug Peterson wasn't offended or anything. Like, everybody no. knew about the record, nope. and, you know, they were good with it. Yeah, I mean, listen, my my thought always in the spots is going to be, if you don't want them to score on you, stop them stop from them. scoring. Everyone involved can acknowledge that for all the great things Christian McCaffrey has, uh, has accomplished in his career, standing alone with a record like that is pretty cool yeah. to have your name imprinted Huge. on the record books. Love the 49ers for giving it a try. Bummer for Christian McCaffrey. Better luck next time. You'll have to settle for being rich and great at everything and handsome and jack. <laughs> Somehow, thoughts and prayers. Lift him up. Download, subscribe, rate, and review us. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.